Welcome back, Fright Night friends, to Scary Movie Fright Night. Sam and I are wearing aprons. We, we hope you brought your appetite, because <laughs> today we're going to talk about the menu. What's on the menu for today? This is some, some snacks, some hor- horrific snacks. Some horror snacks. Horror snacks. Horror, 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 horror snacks. snacks. Horror, horror snacks. Got it. This is Scary Movie Fright Night, a podcast about two guys who just watch scary movies. <gasps> I'm Chris, and I love scary movies. And I'm Sam, and I hate scary movies. My body just showed. Give me the heebie <laughs> No, don't. All you have to do is stay inside in your bed, and then you won't get murdered. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you have that recorded. All right, so here we go. We got we got our appetites. We got our tables are set with the plates and the forks and stuff. I don't know how many food jokes I can make, but uh, the theme for this week was horror comedy because Sam wanted to laugh. We had a couple episodes; they were dark. You know, Exorcist was about kids and possession, and the last one wasn't our favorite. And so, anyway, Sam, horror comedy, both. What are your initial you, thoughts? What are you thinking? What do you what do you come in with? Well, did you laugh? Did you did you find moments where you like chuckled? Yeah. So I, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more. But but I I didn't find it like laugh out loud funny. Yeah. But yeah, there's little little funny pieces, right? I found it more like tongue in cheek, yeah. sarcastic, yeah. just kind of like satire. poking fun. Yeah. Satire, yeah. Satire. There was yeah. like um, one or two moments where I was like, oh, that's that's kind of funny. The one the one that jumps out in particular. It's so tiny and it's so stupid, but it really made me laugh. Yeah. Was when uh, uh, Nicholas Holt's character Tyler, uh, yeah. they were t- uh, the chef was talking about bread, and he was like, "Jesus taught us yeah. to pray with bread." And then it like cuts over to Tyler, yeah. and he's like so into the whole thing, and he's like, yeah, "Give us yeah. our daily bread." <laughs> like just like oh, the yeah, level yeah, yeah. of oh like, yeah, he's like, say- he's like so into it. Give us he's like, "Yes, Jesus bread, yes, all of it, yes, yes." It's like, dude, calm down. I- <laughs> Yeah, I have I have words about that guy. Uh, um, but alas, before we get too in depth, uh, I was going to make a really good joke about uh, the funniest thing that the the funniest part of the menu you found funny. But we'll come back to it because first uh, we should recap it for folks. Um, hopefully they watched it. Maybe they just got too full. And they could they filled up on the movie before it was done or maybe they don't remember. Um, but you want to, you want to introduce it? Yeah. Yeah. Here's your little appetizer of the film. So this, uh, so this came out in 2022, actually. So last year, yeah, two years ago, uh, directed by Mark Mylod, Mylod, should have looked up how to pronounce his name, uh, written by Seth Rice and Will Tracy. Also, by the way, Will Ferrell was a producer on this movie. If that says anything about it. I saw that. I saw that in the credits. So yeah. And then it was starring Rafe Fiennes. I did look up how to pronounce mm-hmm. his name, and it's Rafe. Rafe Fines, aka Voldemort. It's not Ralph. No, it's a British pronunciation. Weird. Yeah. Uh, hmm, well, he who must not be named just got must named. Not have his name pronounced correctly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so starring Rafe Fines, Anya Taylor Joy, Nicholas Holt, and mm-hmm. Ong Chow. Um, and Ong there Chow. was a seven point two out of ten on IMDb. And an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 76% audience score. Tell mm-hmm. us what happened during this movie, Chris. For those of you that have never seen the menu or just weren't that hungry. Uh, I already made that joke, but I made it again in case it wasn't funny the first time. No, uh, here's what the menu was about. 
The movie opens, and Tyler Ledford, an extreme foodie, and his date, Margot Mills, travel by boat to Hawthorne, an exclusive restaurant on a private island owned by celebrity chef Julian Slowick. The other guests are food critic Lillian Bloom, her editor Ted, wealthy regulars Richard and Anne Liedbrandt, washed-up movie star George Diaz and his personal assistant Felicity, business partners Soren, Dave, and Bryce, and chef's al- alcoholic mother Linda. The group is given an island tour by sassy Mater D Elsa, who notes that Margot's not Tyler's date, who's supposed to be there. Dinner begins, and Chef introduces a series of courses, during which he claps loudly and actually makes me jump a little bit uh, each time. Yeah, right? The only jump scare in the movie. Uh, Then delivers increasingly unsettling monologues. During the first couple courses, we learn that Margot isn't really into this bougie, overthought, and overperformed food experience. We also realize that Tyler is a super weirdo and kind of a douche. For the third course, it starts to get interesting, and uncomfortable truths about each guest are exposed via images laser-printed on tortillas. That's crazy. It's actually pretty impressive. During the fourth course, sous-chef Jeremy kills himself in front of everyone, splattering his brains about, and then when one guest tries to leave, the staff cuts his left finger off as a warning. For the fifth course, it commences with Chef allowing himself to be stabbed in the crotch by Catherine, an employee who he had sexually harassed. Then the female guests get to dine with Catherine, while the men are given a chance to escape via a game of cat and mouse, but the staff catches every single one of them. Chef then explains that each guest was invited because they contributed to him losing his passion for the craft and because they are making a living by exploiting the work of food artisans like him. He announces that everyone will be dead at the end of the night. Surprise. (laughs) Since since Margot's presence was unplanned and she doesn't fit the mold of the rest of the guests, Chef calls her aside and gives her a choice of dying with the staff or with the guests. When she hesitates, he just assumes the staff because she's one of them. Margot's unmasked as an escort named Aaron. Chef reveals to everyone that Tyler was informed the whole time that the guests would be killed. And despite this, he still wanted to participate so badly that he hired Aaron slash Margot to replace his ex-girlfriend because Hawthorne does not seat lone diners, bring her along even though he knew she would die. Chef then invites Tyler to cook since he seems to know everything and his performance in the kitchen fails horribly. Chef humiliates him by detailing his culinary mistakes, then whispers in his ear and a deflated Tyler leaves the kitchen to go hang himself in the closet. Chef asks Margot to go to the smokehouse and collect a barrel needed for dessert. En route, Margot sneaks into Chef's house and sees a framed Employee of the Month award showing Chef as a young and happy cook preparing hamburgers at a Greasy Spoon diner. This will come into play later. As dessert is being prepared, Margot confronts Chef for his loveless cooking. She stands up. She says, I want to send my food back and complains that she is still hungry. In a bit of shock, Chef asks, well, what would you like? Margot requests, in a moment of brilliance, a cheeseburger, and french fries, prepared without the pretentiousness of fine dining. Moved by her request, Voldemort, I mean chef, personally prepares a delicious-looking two-patty, four-slice-of-American cheese cheeseburger, finding pure joy in preparing it, and after one bite, Margot praises the food, but then, being too full to eat the rest, requests to take it to go. Chef allows her to leave with doggy bag in hand, and Margot escapes on a boat docked nearby. Back on the island, the divert is an elevated s'mores dish. The staff decorate the restaurant with crushed graham crackers and melted chocolate, then adorn all the guests with marshmallow stoles and chocolate hats. And then like something out of Midsommar, Chef sets the restaurant ablaze, detonating the barrel, killing all the guests and the staff and himself and the guy in a bear suit that wasn't there, but I thought he might have been in the background somewhere. Safely away from the island, Margot, the final girl, eats her cheeseburger as she watches the restaurant burn and uses a copy of the menu to wipe her mouth. The end. Oh, it was so good. I really liked this it was, one. It was good. Yeah. What? Okay. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. What did you think about it? 
So I thought it was good. I um I thought, you know, okay, so so real talk, scary movie Friday night, you know, team Chris. It's not scary, right? It's it's not there's it, tension. It literally there's definitely tension. There's, you didn't think there was tense there, moments? Okay. The, there, there's a little bit of tension. Uh, so spoiler alert, this isn't actually a spoiler, but I watched it on an airplane, mm. um, just like you watched High Life last yes. season. Uh, although way less awkward to watch on an airplane. But did that um, take away, but, do you think that took away from like being in the moment a little bit? No. I don't think so. Mm. I'm pretty good at zoning okay. in. Uh, and I put my phone up to my face really <laughs> okay. close. Um, no, but there's a little bit of tension. Um, but pretty early on, I mean, we know the premise of the movie, so we kind of know that something is uh, amiss. Um, I, I, you know, obviously when the mess happens and the, mm. like they're laying out plastic and you're kind of like, okay, this dude's going to, just going to be off. Himself, I had no They're going to kill him or something's going to I was happen. shocked. Well, well, you know, I always do the, like the you thing where I'm always like, what I kind of figure it out. All the eventualities. Bit. Yeah. Well, like they start laying. So, so they show from the top, they start laying out plastic and they start putting garnish on the yeah. ground and, and they say it's the mess. And I'm like, well, this dude is about to die. I didn't know he was going to kill himself, yeah. but, well, once he started like saying, do you want to die? Yeah, you, you kind of, I think, figure it out. But I knew that there was something twisted happening. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm digressing like I do. But but anyway, not really scary. Tension, sure. Yeah. Um, the claps a couple times actually made me yeah. jump a little bit. <laughs> Maybe I was dozing in my chair. But all that said, I really, I, I remained entertained. I thought that it was clever. I, it was like really clever. The satire, the tongue in cheek. Uh, I didn't write down uh, the like some of the way that they listed the courses. Oh, I love um, that. That was just I thought it was fun. Slightly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I, I mean, and I thought it was. Have good, you seen I, Chef's Table on Netflix? They even referenced it in the movie. I have not. Okay, that it was a direct nod to that show. Probably other shows do this as well. Oh, interesting. But like, yeah. Okay. So Chef's Table will like Chef's Table will feature like one chef each episode, and they'll kind of tell their story, and it's like they'll do like a backstory and their biography, whatever, and show their restaurant mm-hmm. and all their inspiration and all this stuff. But then they'll cut throughout the episode. They will pause and like present like, here's one mm-hmm. of their dishes and it'll do like a zoomed in okay. like rotation, like beautiful presentation. And it'll have like the name of the dish and like all of the components, right. just like they did in this movie, but it got funnier. Okay. I mean, I think there was a little bit of humor behind this when those presentations got to be more ridiculous. You know, it went, like yeah, when yeah. Um, Tyler, like the bread with no the bread. bread with no bread was like, kind of funny yeah. and then the uh tyler's dish with it was like undercooked undercooked lamb oh. and like whatever like they like were mocking yeah. that and then of course the final one with the s'mores when the components mm-hmm. or the ingredients were, were like chef staff guests <laughs> like those were yeah, the yeah, ingredients yeah, yeah. in yeah. the s'more s'mores the s'more i don't know the s'more yeah. the s'more so that was a direct nod s'more? to chef's table okay okay that makes yeah. sense um yeah, cleverly done. Um, I feel like I need to go watch Chef's Table now, but uh-huh. I feel like it's very much like a lot of cooking shows. I think they're very similar in like the way they like present the stuff. Um, also, to talk about Tyler for a minute, that go what off. is wrong with that dude? Yeah. First of all, he knew he he knew that everyone was gonna die, and he was so into it. Just like, like, oh, the here's the dipping sauces for the bread, and and you don't appreciate this. Just shut up and eat or whatever. And it's like you're a weirdo and yeah. then you find out yeah anyway, yeah what he was weirdo. such a douche i uh i actually but i i but i guess i but but bravo to him as an actor yeah. because i believed he was a douche. yeah well he, he's played I, other roles that kind of fit into this category and 
I mm-hmm. it was okay, how do I describe this? It's like a weird likable douche. I don't I don't like I don't like the way he's treating her, but it's this yeah. weird like innocent. Yeah. Oh, how do how do we describe what I'm trying to say? Do you know what I'm talking about though? It's like it was kind of funny. His douchiness was funny. It's like he's so caught up in this that it was ridiculous. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's I mean? true. Like he's so caught up that he's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And because and it was also kind of funny because most of the time, at first, at least, he got a little extreme. Like she wasn't even really taking it serious. He was just like so into it that he would say something and then like go back to his like mesmerization. Well, but, yeah, I still. Was just I think like, what's funny about oh, the movie dude. is they're kind of mocking people who consider themselves they're like oh who consider themselves foodies but they were not mm-hmm. not really expert or you watch you watch a couple episodes of chef's table and suddenly you're like oh my god i appreciate fine dining whatever and yeah. the funny thing is i identify with that character i mean i wouldn't do what he did but like <laughs> the idea of like i i think the like fine dining you know, culinary world is fascinating i love watching top chef yeah. chef's table uh last year we binged all of the bear which was all about have you seen any of that no i've uh, heard uh actually zach was telling me about it but i've i'd never heard of it uh, um you gotta watch it and so that's all about like the ongoings of you know the kitchen culture and fine dining also so i'm fascinated by it and so i love to like think that i'm geeking out on it but i have no expertise i have yeah, no yeah, training yeah. i certainly could not walk into a kitchen i mean i told you earlier i splattered food on my t-shirt when I was trying to cook tonight. So, well, that was, you do that when you eat too. So, yeah. well, okay. <laughs> Table manners are not my forte. All right. But <laughs> the point is, I think in the beginning of the movie, before we, before his full character has been revealed, his like lack of character has been revealed. Right. When right. he's first like talking about, you know, what he likes about the dishes and he's describing like, oh, like chefs are artists and they're using like the raw materials of life itself. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, so, yeah. that's so brilliant and so smart. And then slowly <laughs> start to realize like, oh, he's kind of, oh, he's a little, he's crazy. A little crazy. And he, he yeah. thinks that he's cool because he's super into like the culinary world, but he has, he doesn't actually have any skills in the kitchen. Right, right. Like he, he thinks he knows better than he can talk the talk because there were times right well because there were even times that he was like um you know he's like tuning into exactly what was and he's like taking photos not respecting the like no photo policy so he's just kind of like there's it's like he's so arrogant about his knowledge i mean that's why he was at the table that's why he was there because he's the guy that can't do it but thinks he knows everything. But then, you know, obviously in that moment, he's like, oh, I need lamb. Yeah. And I need Weeks. some. He doesn't even know how to cut a vegetable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was <laughs> he so He cuts stressful. a vegetable like, like Kendall Jenner. I kidding. think. Wait, what was uh, the word that you just used to describe him? Arrogance. arrogance. I think, I think yeah. because it's Nicholas Holt and because he's adorable, it's like this adorable yeah. arrogance. <laughs> That's what I was trying to capture okay. earlier. It's like. His his disrespect okay. to, to Anya Taylor jo- uh, Margot is the character. Yeah, Margot. Yeah, yeah. Margot slash Aaron. Obviously, when he's being disrespectful, mm-hmm. it's like, dude, come on, like not cool. But his yeah. arrogance that that like that's his that's his vice as a character. But because I think because it's Nicholas Holt and he's so adorable, it's like adorable arrogance. <laughs> interesting i don't find him as adorable well maybe it's just me. um maybe it's just you i mean i haven't seen him as much as you though because like i i know him from you know like x-men movies that i haven't seen in a million 
What? The Great. Yeah, the great. I don't think I've seen him. He plays like a yeah. Russian czar and the whole thing. Well, anyway, let's not go down that path because mm. it's not helpful or important. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I find him less adorable. I find Anya Taylor-Joy more adorable. She's joyful. Joyfully adorable. She's like, she's like, you know, like what I wanted to see at the end of the movie was her to go off into the woods yeah. with her coven, but it just, it, and it didn't And then rise up way. into the sky. And then this rise up. This is the up. second Anya Taylor-Joy movie funny. that we've watched on Scary Movie for a Night. It's the second Anya Taylor-Joy movie. And maybe I find, maybe we just connect the dots that aren't really there. But we watched her in The Witch. Yep. Or the the bitch, uh, and we did a big comparison between uh, the witch Midsommar. and Midsommar. Yes, if you, if you didn't listen to that episode, head back to season one so and listen, because there's a lot of parallels between the witch and Midsommar. They're both a twenty four, but a lot of par- parallels in their lead female characters. But then we did a little bit of Midsommar comparison in this one when we talked about like the going up a blaze at the end, and uh, I was going to make a joke about your. The your favorite item on the menu was uh blood lemonade, no blood <gasps> oh hair pie and blood lemonade. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't on the it menu. Was, it wasn't actually it wasn't on the menu this time. Actually, well it's but not a, it's not, that, yeah, it's not okay, bougie. Enough. I this is where the movie went in a different direction than I anticipated it was gonna go. I was like, okay, it's a horror movie. Okay. And it's about food. Obviously there's gonna be some cannibalism. Or obviously they're gonna be Did you think they were gonna either you thought they were gonna eat yes, people? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, obviously that's I what thought, this is gonna be about. And that was not at all. I thought thing. that yeah, like the culinary experience was gonna have to do with somehow eating people but it wasn't but it wasn't that was a that was a twist. that was a twist yeah and a twist for the was better i was like we don't i don't think we need that yeah 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 because because this was a, it this was a little bit like oh interesting i'm i'm curious if i could ask him but he burned alive uh i'm curious how chef like got the the staff to follow yes. him so cold yes because it's very it's very culty. culty it's very like we're going to do mass suicide and all kill kill ourselves and burn alive yes. because we're like done with the people. And like those people in the room are the only ones that have ever liked them. Yeah. Were they like, that, I thought, yeah, yeah, it was, that uh, was like, okay. So there was, there were some elements of shock, right? The first, the mm-hmm. first suicide when the guy shoots himself in the face, I was like, Oh God, that's, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't ready. But then, yeah. so the whole rest of the movie I think the thing that was the freakiest was just that, that there was this like cult like mm-hmm. atmosphere. And I was wondering how yeah. did, and the, all of the staff members were like, they knew everything that was going to happen. They were so well-trained. They were like, this is how we run our restaurant just like we do every day. And it was like, was it the power of the chef that he's just created this environment of like, you want to be like me and you want to live in this you want to have our our perfect restaurant like this is what must be done and the staff was just like deal we'll do it like i guess so what yeah i mean i guess the fact that he was able to just whisper into tyler's ear and tyler was like very well yeah. i'll go walk into the other room and just hang myself they didn't even have to tell us what he said it was just like whatever he said it de- devastated him and maybe he said you will never be me or yeah yeah like you, you don't suck. deserve I don't know. you don't know anything your lamb was garbage I mean, uh, that, you'll I think that you'll never be an X-Men. The like what I think that like compelling, like he just believes in this alternate reality that he's created for himself so much, so much that he's yeah. gotten other people to just fall right in line and believe it too yeah. was kind of freaky. It was, it was almost like, uh, like he trained them all to be death eaters. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Harry Potter reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, just uh-huh. I'm so going. proud of myself. 
Um, did you, I don't know if you'd know this. You like, don't watch TV. Like I you don't. didn't know who Rob Zombie was. You also didn't know who Captain Kirk was. So I'm going to just, I'm going to ask you if you know what the TV show, who's the boss is. Have you heard of who's the boss? Oh. It might be before your time. It's on the edge of the beginning of my time. I don't think I do. It's like Tony Danza no. way back in the day. This. He's like a, he's like a male nanny. Oh, I, I didn't even do my. Uh, I I know the show because I watched it when I was a kid, but now here I am and I can't exactly tell you. So it's a 1984 sitcom that went for eight seasons. So he's a widower and a former baseball player that retires okay. and then becomes a live-in housekeeper to a divorced um, executive. Okay. Anyway, so who's the boss? Eight seasons, 1984. So that's right when I was, you know, young, young kid, elementary, well, not even maybe. I guess it was still on when I was in elementary school. Anyway... Alyssa Milano was his daughter in that show. Do you, you don't know who Alyssa Milano is, do you? No. Okay. Did you ever see like Charmed? Uh, no. Like the TV show with the three women that did, they were like witches? No. She, uh, okay, that doesn't matter. Anyway, then, I, then after this, look up who Alyssa Milano is. How do you not know who Alyssa Milano is? Anyway, <sighs> Judith... <laughs> this is... You're killing me. Judith Light, uh, the man who had, had an affair with, with Aaron slash Margot, his wife is Judith Light. I have not seen her in anything since Who's the Boss in like 1980 something. That is that whole thing that I just did was just to say when I saw her, I was like, that's the lady from Who's the Boss. What has she been doing for the last 40 years, 30 years? Wow. Yeah. But you, but, but talking to you, I'll, you know what? I'll call my mom after this and be like, remember Who's the Boss? She'll be like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like in the opening, he's like, he's like vacuuming curtains with a, with a vacuum cleaner. You have no idea. Cause that's, you know, cause he's like a strong, you know, sexy hunk of a guy and like oh. he's like a live-in housekeeper maybe yeah, i'll you watch, watch it, it tony danza okay. yeah you should i should have started out with that yeah now now you've piqued my interest he maybe maybe he's like an ac repairman back could in the be. 80s if you get the reference yeah, okay and then his daughter is Alyssa milano who grew up to be in a bunch of stuff that you've never seen moving really on i you know what i found what i thought was really satisfying was anya taylor joy's character and the way that yeah. she escaped the whole thing i i thought it was pretty satisfying yeah it was very smart it was very smart her character had to be very cunning well and i it might have been predictable like i think a lot of the elements of the movie kind of were sure. predictable but it yeah, wasn't yeah, like yeah. this like huge twist it wasn't like oh my god i had no idea but the message of the movie being that the don't be a dick to your waiter Sorry. yeah don't be a dick to your waiter or to your chef i mean the chef was obviously like you know the villain like because he created sure. this whole thing where he wanted to kill everybody i mean was he the real villain or was like arrogance the villain i don't know yeah or was like well i think all of the douchebaggery the villain yeah no that's it i think all of the guests in the restaurant represent all the worst parts of people and like the yeah the the yeah. things we value as a society that bring out the worst parts of ourselves there's like the greed the, yep. the guy the three finance guys like represent greed and then you have this the movie star who represents like you know celebrity fame and what that brings out in you he's like making shit up you have the rich couple yeah. that you know have their unhappy marriage and the dude's cheating and then you have the critic who's like ruining people's lives and ruining their restaurants because she writes shit yeah. and then you have the guy who's like delusional and think you know pretending like he's so into you know culinary stuff but he doesn't have any skills in the kitchen and he hires this girl right. knowing that everyone's gonna die like i i think the real right. villain quote unquote were 
mm-hmm. all the people in the dining room and the fact yeah. that or what they represent i think the villain is what they represent what they represent in, in humanity it's kind of you said yeah, that yeah i think you said that but and i like that Margot anya taylor joy's character like mm-hmm. was separate and distinct from all of that like she comes into this yeah. innocent she's just along for the ride and she figures yeah. out a way to get herself out without using force yeah. it's like she outsmarted the chef and just she outsmarted appealed yeah. to his and the people she kind of outsmarted everyone. everyone and and she she like redirected i think you said in the synopsis like he he remembered the joy that he had from when he was a young chef like making cheeseburgers and yeah. he didn't have this like twisted world of like the culinary extremes he was just like i'm just gonna make a cheeseburger that is delicious yeah. that this customer is gonna enjoy eating and like she popped his bubble of this like imaginary world yeah. he's been stuck in and like brought him back to reality mm-hmm. enough to let him just excuse her from this experience and i thought it was really cool i just really like yeah it. well and and i think that that was i think that that was like him his way of thanking her right like that's the first yeah. time he's felt joy doing the thing he loved yeah. probably in years and so in that moment he was like my gift to you gave that gift to yeah. me my gift to you is you know what i'm gonna let you go also in your synopsis you referred to margo as the final girl and the i had that girl. same yeah. thought but i think what's really cool is so when we in season one i learned about the final girl as like a trope in so scary movies the character who the only character who survives after everybody else dies she's the final girl and in a lot of the old school scary movies the final girl was often the one who was like the chaste like well-behaved like i mean because you would see these other characters who are like smoking drinking having sex they'd all get killed off and the final girl was the one who was like no no i'm not gonna participate in that that's old school in this movie, I think what yeah. was cool about her survival was that she was the one who came from, she didn't come from money. She was a hired escort. Right. She yep. was like in touch with reality. Like she was yeah, smart, she was down, to down to earth. Yeah. So like it, it had nothing to do with her morality. It had everything to do with like her, I don't know, her like her goodness as a person, but also her just yeah. like normalness for street street smarts yeah Yeah, that's a good way of putting it yeah i i actually think and this is interesting i don't i think this is the first movie we've watched that actually had a legit no shit final girl because like there were movies where there was the girl that survived jamie lee curtis survives in halloween um the girl in evil dead rise with the little girls with her there's like a lot of almost fun even at the end of uh cabin in the woods right but like the dude's there yeah like the one guy so like it's final then they both die anyway comes out of the ground or whatever yeah they die anyway so this might be the first movie we watched that actually no no shit has like a final girl that's true Candyman, man that count um maybe because Candyman was not alive and the cops died maybe she was a final girl yeah maybe that's uh, yeah that's that's who knows who knows but um but yeah you like how i i didn't mean to uh i didn't plan on it but i definitely like threw in all of my little easter eggs into the, <laughs> the, into the recap as i was going yeah. i was like a final girl and mid and and then i had nothing to say yeah but that's fine yeah uh so one thing this this really has nothing to do with anything but <laughs> i that's i like made correlations while uh, I was, sorry it's <laughs> yeah that's true 
Yeah. Uh, oh, we're digressing. Surprise. Uh, uh, so obviously I watched this on a plane uh, after coming back from a trip abroad. And so I was making correlations watching the movie to my trip mm. um, or to the moment. So like they were starting to serve the second course in the movie and they started uh. serving me the, the in-flight food. And so I got my little glass of flight red wine in my little cup and did your food look like and i'm the eating food my movie? like fish with rice did Was your that... food look like the food did your airplane food look like the food in the movie <laughs> no no but i will give a shout out to asiana airlines oh. there it's a it's a korean airline okay. best in-flight food ever wow yeah i'm not gonna go super in-depth as to what i ate did they but like, delicious they, do you think they tweezed like components onto your dish no no no, no, no. Okay. not not uh but not bougie bougie food like you know like we would see in this movie but delicious nonetheless uh but there i was with my like fish and rice dish with my little in my little plastic bowl with my little silverware and my chopsticks and my red wine and they were getting served on the movie and i'm like oh perfect this is like i'm like i'm like one of the guests there that's not gonna die there's nothing worse Uh, the other thing airplane food where it's like here's your fist of cold chicken and like hard bread (laughs) like yes yeah the, uh, the only other correlation that I made uh, was there was part of the trip where we took a boat out to a small island uh, in Cambodia. And so I'm glad I watched this movie after that because like when they were on the boat going out there to this island, I was like, that kind of reminds me of what I went through, although I wasn't going there for a, cl- for a culinary experience uh, and it. I did not burn alive at the end of it. So that's, that's really good. all I had to say about well, that. Well, okay, so that actually leads into an interesting piece of trivia, which is... I did that the, on purpose. I thought you might. The idea for this movie yeah. came from uh, the guy who wrote it, Will Tracy, um, experiencing mm-hmm. something like this. He was on his honeymoon in Norway. He took a boat to a fancy mm-hmm. restaurant. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Cornelius Seamus Restaurant. I don't know, something Norwegian. Mm, and it was on yeah. a private island. So he oh. goes to dinner and realizes, like, if we wanted to leave this island, we have no means. I mean, I guess I guess the boat was still there. But essentially, just, you know, you go there and you're, 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 sure, sure. you're trapped until it's time to leave, until the meal right. was done. So I guess then he let his imagination soar and started thinking about, like, well, what would happen if... And then the, he came up with the entire concept for the menu. That's smart. I feel like... Yeah, I feel like that's that's you know you gotta have a foundation, you know. When I'm a kid, Fred Krueger bullied me. What if everyone killed him and he came back and haunted people in their nightmares? That's a little bit more far fetched, but but that's interesting. He was just like, what if? Or actually, I mean, it's it's kind of similar to to Stephen King and, and The Shining and that oh, nightmare yeah, he had when he stayed in the hotel, right? Yeah. And then he woke up and and basically was like, oh my goodness, what if what if this really happened? Yeah. But with you know in a Stephen King world where it's twisted. that is kind of yeah. interesting to think about, like these. You watch a movie, which has, there's so much that goes into it, like the writing mm-hmm. and like finding the right cast members and like building the set and finding where you're going to film it and the music and the like all this stuff. And it all yeah, originated from just one little idea that just came into thought. his mind at one point where he was like, what if this restaurant was like the scene of a horror movie? What would it be? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it's actually just like uh, a very brilliant man approximately a year ago that was like what if we started a podcast about yeah, i don't remember who that brilliant man was but wherever he is out there uh hats off to hats him. off well i think 
Uh, I think that's part of the reason I really like this movie is because it was different from everything that we've seen so yeah. far. Um, it wasn't like incredibly thought provoking necessarily, but yeah. it and it didn't have a lot of like traditional horror aspects to it. Like there wasn't yeah. much gore. There wasn't a ton of like it wasn't really like this long drawn out like one person's yeah. dying at a time situation. It was just they created. It was it was well paced. Yeah, and yeah. they that there was just, I don't know. There was it was different, and it was there was just the right mm. amount of tension. There were moments that I thought were tense. Oh, I rem- just remembered another funny moment. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this one made me. I was waiting. This, I was. I thought about this earlier, and I forgot to bring it up. This made me laugh out loud too. Yeah. And this goes back to the to the idea of like each of the characters bringing out like. they all reflect current societal problems and there was that one moment where they're like they've all learned that they're gonna die and they're asking the chef right does this have to happen like why are you doing this like they're trying to they're trying to bargain with him you know and Mm -hmm. the person who's there with the movie star i don't know if she was his girlfriend or assistant or whatever and she says something Uh, his assistant but also it seemed like they were more than that. But yeah, personal yeah. So Felicity, something. And she's like, she says something to the chef, like, do we all have to die or something? And he's like, where did you go to school? She's like, oh, Brown. yeah. He goes, Bro. do you have student loans? She was like, no. And no. he was like, you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to die. Yeah, that <laughs> was funny. Oh I actually thought that combination was kind of the funny one off because like he didn't get the big actor who was an asshole. He got the actor that he just had a bad childhood memory of watching this dude's yes! movie and being like, this Displaced guy me. wasted two hours of my life on this? Dead. Yeah, dead. <laughs> We're inviting him out That's here. it. Uh, I mean, he was he, he was a liar. He, you know, he like embellished. He like whatever. But none of that. It was because he made that one bad movie. And that was, I guess that's that's part of that tongue in cheek, the satire that just yeah. like, like he was in there. That was Talk about of holding a, a bit, grudge. Uh, Jeez. For real, for real. You haven't seen that movie. We should watch oh, it. The Grudge. Yeah, it's gonna get in there. I'm gonna get it in there one of these days. That's what she said. <laughs> um, I have a little bit of trivia which I could share with you. It's not an extraordinary amount, but I have some like fun facts from the movie. If you want to hear them, sure. Why not? Okay. You know, I'll uh, I'll take a listen. Yeah. Okay. So, um, here we go. The kitchen staff, all of the actors who play played the kitchen staff, were actually trained for how to do what they were doing. So when you look at the background of each of the shots, you're like, oh, wow, they're really moving and shaking back there in the kitchen. Well, it was all very technical, specific training. Like they were doing, I I mean, to look like they knew what they were doing. I wouldn't know the difference, but like a trained cook or chef who's watching the movie would probably be able to say, confirm, like, oh yeah, they are actually doing the correct things. So that's kind of cool. That makes sense. And it's better than like them just pretending to chop something in the background. It had to look very like precise. Yeah. And, like I th- I think like it's like the chef show that you were talking about. Like it has to look like they actually know what they're exactly. doing. Exactly. Um, because I think even even someone with half that watches those shows all the time would just be like, You're right, I don't look like they really it. know. So that's anyway, <laughs> smart. smart. Yeah, yeah. All that like tweezing and like perfect pouring and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Let's see. Something kind of cool that they did with the movie is so obviously the movie's scripted and they would film, you know, like yeah. here's a scene, you deliver, deliver your line. But the director, Mark Mylot, would 
give the actors an opportunity to do a little bit of improvisation, do like a freebie take. Um, And so they would Mm -hmm. kind of play with ideas and, you know, see what emerged. And that was where the whole Taco Tuesday thing, I guess that wasn't originally scripted. It was something that um, Ray Fiennes just came up with and did in the moment. That's funny. Because who doesn't love Taco Tuesday? It's funny. I wish I had known that before watching the movie because I'd love to go back and try and pick out, like, I wonder what was improvised. Like, I wonder if the whole Jesus and the bread thing that... Uh, oh, maybe. Nicholas Holt did? It might have been. That was good. It is. But I feel like the if, if they're good at it, then that's, like, probably the parts that feel the, the, the most natural. That's usually the stuff that I, I think when you look back at movies and you see like that that was improvised, you're like, oh, well, because it feels so natural. Because in the moment, it was. It wasn't rehearsed. Right. It wasn't. I mean, not that we can necessarily tell. They're all actors. They're all, you know, if they're doing their job right, then we all get sucked in and yeah. suspend our disbelief. Yes. Et cetera, et cetera. Well, yeah. one of my favorite characters was the hostess. Um, with the, the hostess with the mostess, the front of house. The maitre d'. So I don't know what the character's name was. Yes, I do. Elsa. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, because she wouldn't let it go. She just would not let it go. <laughs> she Boy, wouldn't let it go. Did she have anyway. a cold heart. So, wow, that was really bad. I'm so sorry, everybody, for that one. Um, no, <laughs> yikes. Anyway, but I, I thought that her, <laughs> I thought that her, like, her just reactions to everything was like kind of funny. Like when she yeah. first discovers that Tyler has not brought the person who was supposed to be in the reservation, yeah. she just like gives them this look, and she's like. She's like so rude. I think it's so funny. Yeah, and she's just like, no, or what? Like whatever anyone yeah. asks. Oh, like, when I the finance bros are like, no. can, can you just bring us some bread? And she's like, she's like, no, no. And what did she say? She whispered in the guy's ear. She's like, you're gonna eat less than you want and more, more than, than you, you deserve. deserve. Yeah, you, yeah, you're gonna eat. <laughs> I was like, yeah, damn. Like that, yeah. yeah. Oh, question. Yeah. Question. I don't know if this is in your trivia, yeah. but so. Okay, so Margot rolls away to go get the barrel. Right. She goes to Chef's house. Yes. And Chef's house is set up just like the building they're in. Even with the silver door. And then she goes in there, and that's where she sees the photo. But I was confused. And then obviously she gets into it with Elsa, and Elsa's like, he didn't tell me, blah, blah, blah. And she stabs Elsa and all that. I didn't include that in the recap because I was keeping it short. But why was his house like set up? Just like that, yeah. Like it's weird. I that was just kind of unexplained. Yeah. Unless he's unless that's how he liked his house to be, and so he set up like that room to look like his house, so he could. I know. I was kind of. I was kind of. Really I was a little confused about that too. I was like, "What is the point of this?" And the silver door is in the house. And that's where she yeah. goes in, and that's where she mm-hmm. finds the photos, the newspaper yeah. clippings, and the radio, and all that. But then there was also a silver door in the restaurant, which she asked about. And Elsa was like, there's something very important back there. But we never find out what's behind that silver door. So, Right. Yeah, yeah I was weird. a little confused about that. It's I was weird. thinking about that. I was up at, I was okay. up at night. Yeah, maybe it was something. Maybe there was supposed to be like something more to it and it just got cut. Yeah. I, did, I didn't get the trivia on that. So. Mm. Okay. But well, you that, um, the actress who plays Elsa... Hong Chao, mm-hmm. who, by the way, last year was nominated for an Oscar, Best Sporting Actress, The Whale. Mm. Um, she oh. was apparently offered a job in a restaurant because of the way that she played this character. They had, Are you yeah, serious? they had multiple like food consultants working as they were making the movie. So one of them was Dominique Crenn, okay. 
who I forgot the name of the restaurant. I think it's a you know one of these like high fancy restaurants in San Francisco. I think is what I read. Um, and okay. they were like, "Come work in my restaurant." I don't know. I don't know why. Like I guess work front of house with the same like. I mean, maybe she, she just had the right attitude, the and they were like. <laughs> Well, it's just like, I want you to talk to my characters. I mean, I want you to talk to my guests the way that you talk to (laughs) the people in this movie. (laughs) When they ask for bread, just be like, no. No. (laughs) Sorry. That's interesting. The only other little piece of trivia that I have, and it's not that interesting, but I felt personally proud of this. When they are getting to the island and you see them like boating in Mm -hmm. and they're walking around the shore and everything. I was like, wow. This looks so much like the low country of South Carolina. I'm from South Carolina, so I spent a lot of time in the low country. Right, right. Now, it was not the low country of South Carolina, but it was Georgia, which is right next to South Carolina. So they filmed in Savannah and uh, around Jekyll Island, which is one of those barrier islands down on the coast. Um, So that's where they were. And I thought it was pretty cool that I was like, interesting. I recognize this landscape good <laughs> yeah. job good job we'll have to go out to that island next time that we're there. yeah but yeah, make sure uh, we come home we'll bring a picnic no we'll bring a picnic and some matches and some s'mores yeah maybe some smaller s'mores yeah what did you think um i know that this is comedy horror we 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 talked about this but i think i think the best part of this movie not the best part one of the best i think the best part of this movie right now is is the whole purpose of doing comedy horror here is even though it didn't really like tickle tickle us and make us like laugh, ha 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 ha. But it was a nice light movie. Um, and you know, I think that if if you know you're paying attention to some of our neighbor podcasts, not next door, but you know that other podcasts that do similar stuff, like they watch all sorts of movies. Like I think um, one of them was too scary didn't oh, too watch scary didn't like watch, yeah. recently watched. Yeah, they recently watched Twilight, and I'm thinking like because it's like a vampire yeah. movie, sure. But it's like a weird, like romancy teen. I mean, obviously I've seen it, but uh, but anyway, so I think so so it's it's good for us every once in a while to just take a breath, take a moment back, stop talking about exorcism and devils and demons, and just watch a movie that has a little tension that we can fit into the genre. Um but that being said, just last episode we talked about, you know, like Stephen King that uh how he has like the three oh, types of horror, yeah. the gross out, the horror, the terror. Wait, what are, what were they again? So what do we it was so so there's the gross out okay the the horror and the terror so gross out is literally what it sounds like right like gore, it's just like gore guts, that blood. just kind of grosses you out and that like makes your face go like this yeah right uh the horror that's the graphical portrayal of the unbelievable so like when you something strikes up genuine fear caused by the sight of something or something so implausible or unnatural uh, that they just can't grasp what they're seeing, something so extreme that they're seeing. And then there's the terror, which is just caused by the imagination. And that's where you and I found like the scariest movies last season, the terror of the, that which you can't see, which I think we've agreed multiple times over that that is the terror because that is actually what instills fear in us from the movies we watched thus far. This movie, I mean, it's just kind of a little bit of tension. <gasps> Are you, wait, wait, wait. So you, do you think it fits into one of those categories? I don't know. Well, I'm asking, like, do we think any of them fit? Because technically those three categories should encompass horror. Right. And I guess if it doesn't, if it doesn't fit into one of those categories, then maybe it's not a horror film. I 
Okay, this is a good question because you're right. There, okay, mm-hmm. if we judge a scary movie based on like how scared did you get or or where was it scary? Like we said, there right. weren't a lot of jump scares. There wasn't much gore mm-hmm. really. Um, yeah, there what there weren't like they didn't use like eerie music. In fact, the music they this is another nod to Chef's Table. Chef's Table is all like classical strings and so it was the same same yeah. vibe in the movie. Yeah. I didn't feel scared as I was watching it. Right. But I did feel a little bit of shock and a little bit mm-hmm. of like the behavior of the characters induced a, an element of horror. Like this would be a horrible like, thing. Like discomfort. Yes. Like if I, yeah. if this were happening to, okay. The characters literally <laughs> cannot understand what's happening. Right? Like the first True. suicide, yeah. the guy shoots himself and they're like, oh my God. And then yeah. they're like, some of them think it, it's real. Some of them think it's yes. Act. Yeah. They're like trying to make it make sense in their heads. They're like, oh, this it's theater. It's theater, everybody. Right. And then as more and more shady shit is happening, they're like coming to terms with like, oh no, this is real. But they can't, they're, but they're also like, how do we get out? We can't get out. So do we accept it? Or do we fight? Yeah. How do we, that experience would, but they still drink their wine and they still eat the next thing and they're still like and yeah. yes yeah they're like shock, I guess we like, unbelievable they like do yeah. what they're told because they they don't know what else to do so right. going to a restaurant is something that we all do all the time and so thinking about like mm-hmm. walking into an experience and sitting down at fine dining with the expectation that like this is normal and we're just living our lives and then it devolves into this experience where you can't escape. Yeah. That, yeah. That felt horrific to think to imagine being in yeah. their shoes. That's fair. And maybe, okay. I know a lot of the movies we've watched. I'm like, oh, that would never happen. Like, I can't relate to the characters. I really right. struggle with like suspending reality. Mm-hmm. Obviously, what we saw in this movie was like would also not really happen, but like it could. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but but <laughs> sure, sure. There was nothing so so extreme or so uh fantastic fantastical that it was just like okay yeah right like this like people there are cults and people do crazy shit and so what you're saying is and i think i think i can get on board so you're saying basically like of these three categories it obviously doesn't fit terror because everything is seen but because the characters themselves are seeing this and trying to wrap their head around it and you yourself are relating to that idea of like it's just a little bit of shock and awe of what we're seeing and like what's going on. And we don't really understand what's going on in their head, even though it's not like giant spiders or, or zombies walking around, but it's just people being culty, crazy, weird, and people might die. So you're saying horror. You're saying yes. there's an aspect of horror to it. Yes. That makes sense. And I'll take it. Can I add to it? I'm like horror, horror for 500. I'm like really going no. off here, but let me say one more thing about this. <laughs> the idea. Okay, one more. That's all you get. Oh gosh. Okay. Fast. Okay. The idea of being confronted <laughs> with like the darkest parts of yourself in a public yeah. way okay. and that, that, and that you're being held mm-hmm. accountable for the shittiest part of yourself. And that is why you're being punished. He literally said that at one point, he's like, do you understand why you're being punished? Yeah. That this death is like a punishment. So in these final hours, they know the end is coming. They've accepted that. And they're mm-hmm. having to reckon with, they're having to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, these are the ugliest parts of myself. It's inescapable. I have to just sit here and think about how shitty of a person I am. That's true. 
Although I don't think any of those people ever came to that reality of how bad, like, they knew they were going to die. But I don't think there was ever, because I think that, I can't name a movie right now, but I think there's movies where, you know, you talk about it, and at the end, they're remorseful. Yeah. There's, like, remorse, and there's, oh, my God, like, I do deserve this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm redeemed. I realize the error in my ways, and they still die, and that makes it, that almost makes it even worse, right? Like, you've actually gotten them to see... But, it, I, you know, here they were just kind of, you know, hopefully they got to see it. But I, 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 I don't know that I, I wouldn't even show that they I, were like, oh, yeah, you know, they weren't remorseful. No. They were they were sad they were going to die. I think they were just feeling like shit about themselves. OK, <laughs> which or at least some of them were some. You don't think so? The ones that were still alive. Um, I'd have to go back and watch at the yeah. end. I don't remember exactly how they were acting by the end. Um, I think they were feeling bad because they were trapped and they were going to die. But I don't know if any of them were looking internally to say, oh, man, if I weren't a bad person, then maybe this wouldn't have happened. I, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think that they were like, oh, like, oh, let me, you know, repent and like escape. But I think mm-hmm. what the chef could have done is he could have like mm-hmm. picked them off one by one each course or he could have. Sure. I don't know. Like, but he drug it out. He was like, I want you. Yeah, you're going to experience this. You are we're going all the way through this menu and every course comes mm-hmm. with like some realization or like a painful yeah. experience or just just the whole he was like we're going to draw this out and make you miserable. So enjoy it. Yeah. Although I don't think I don't necess- I mean there's an aspect of misery. I would actually like I would have to watch it again because like he does want them to feel the pain. But I also think he it has to be artistic and meet the perfection of the menu, um, which is why when when Anya Taylor Joy's character like throws him off and like sends her order back and it kind of like yeah. sends him for shock. He's like he's he's broken from from this like sequence that he's in. But then also, I don't even know if he cared so much that they themselves were tortured as much as he was just like, I'm doing this grand thing. And I feel better taking all of you out because I'm going to make the world a better place more so than whether or not. But but also what they were doing was torturous. They cut the guy's finger off. They were doing the stuff to play cat and mouse. So like obviously and and that's where it's weird. Like like if you try to break down his 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 psyche, like because it's not like he was he wasn't a psychopath that was getting joy out of watching their pain. But but it's almost like I don't know. It was very maybe that is what made him a psychopath is because he was almost, he was kind of emotionless about it. Uh, well, I think, I, don't know. I think that when they're, they're kind of mocking, mm-hmm. like, you know how ridiculous some of these like high cuisine sit- meals are, right. Yeah. They serve you like yeah. a balloon full of fog and you're like, Oh my God. Um, I think that's, <laughs> mm, it smells yeah, like cherries. Mm. Yeah. I think they're like, this is his extreme in his mind. He's like, this is my masterpiece meal which is going to result in the deaths of all these people it's just so ridiculous i don't yeah i don't know i kind of lost my train of thought there but that's the yeah well well that was your one thing that was my one thing (laughs) i don't i don't remember where we started with that i don't remember either um so we we talked about was it scary was it funny i mean it had some scary pieces it was kind of satirically funny what would you rate it i know what i rated it on the scary scale Oh, this is hard. It shouldn't be hard. I know that you're going to give it like a two or a one. 
<laughs> but I'm not gonna lie. You're gonna. You don't know me. You're gonna. You don't know me. We met yesterday. Uh, you're gonna think that my scary rating. Is you're gonna give it like a nine or no, something. but maybe like a seven to eight ish range. Seven. We'll go. Seven. You've got to be shitting seven. me. You've got to be shitting me, <laughs> Sam. Have you? We I leave town for two weeks and you forget <laughs> what scary what, looks you like. forget what these movies are. Uh man, I, I okay. I will let you go ahead and give me the brief version of why this is a seven. This is like satire and and okay. this is why is it a seven? Okay, seven? but this it makes <laughs> sense. Okay, so like I said, no, it doesn't. I struggle when you have to like suspend reality, and this is. Sure, a sure, movie sure. where, yes, the lengths that he goes to make this happen seem highly improbable. But the the, the care the flaw the character flaws of the guests in the room, there's nothing improbable about that. That is a very real thing. And this like ugliness of humanity that the movie is like putting on full display. It's not that it's like in the moment it's so it scares me like oh i'm scared of the movie but i don't know when you look at some of like our national politics when you look at like the way people treat one another when you look at like the way that like classism rears it's was like that a, so all the stuff that you're thinking about that's all the stuff that was brought up to you while watching the movie things that or is that all the stuff that that you're thinking about afterwards a little bit while watching the movie. A little bit. Like, because he talks about this. When the chef was like asking, when the chef was asking Margot, are you one of us or are you yeah. one of them? He was saying, are you right. one of these rich folks who comes in here, you know, a bunch of times and never remembers anything that's on the menu? Or are you one of us yeah. who's like working hard back here and has the skills and like, you know, we pull our stuff up the bootstraps, whatever. Yes, yep. I think it, this was like a reflection of society. And when I think of, think about you're laughing because you're like, this is so ridiculous. Like, this is not a scary movie. No, I here's the thing. I agree with everything that you're yeah. saying. And I've never, this is like the first <laughs> time that I'm I'm holding my ground a little bit. I don't expect you to change it. It's a seven forever now. Like, you can't change <sighs> it after this. Even when I tell you that it's the same rating that you gave Candyman. Uh, I'm but not, Candyman, like, that's a perfect example. No, nope, don't no, do it. It's this not, is, this nope, movie is rate. so much like Candyman. It is similar in societal parallels, yes. Yes, but Candyman was about deeper, darker hate crime societal parallels, not just stuck up people who made people. That's fair. That's fair. Yes. But I do see parallels there. Yes. Anyway, uh, you you were saying I or I. No, that's it. That's um, it. And I my scary meter can be totally wrong. I've I've heard other people have been like your scary meter is. It's it's your scary meter. (laughs) Had someone told you yes. that before? <laughs> and it wasn't you or Zach. <laughs> it was somebody else. Oh, that's really funny. Um, I would never say that. This is your, this, you, you're, you. you know, you're on a, you're, it's Sam's scary meter. You can say whatever you want. You. I gave this movie a one. A hundred percent one. I didn't leave this fearful. Yes, it like, it does parallel society. I think that's interesting. I don't think that that instills any like fear in me. The pieces that bring the horror are not the same pieces that bring the like the things that make me sad about society that parallels mm-hmm. it. Um, so that's fine. You gave it a seven. You gave The Witch a seven. You gave Candyman a seven. They were both pretty dark. Mm. This was pretty light, but also a seven. So 
you know we're what did i give midsommar like if a nine would, an, an eight. eight wow yeah you gave midsommar an eight let me make sure Ooh. i got it right here i pulled it up no i'm sorry i'm sorry you gave it a nine, oh, you wow. give it a nine. okay yeah well we know why though. yeah yeah that one was personal yeah Oh, wow. The menu, everybody. So so if you're just joining us, which I don't know why you would have joined us this far into the episode. If you're just joining us, Sam just said that the comedy horror film, The Menu, is a 7 out of 10 scary movie. So if you are Team Sam, I don't know if he's going to recommend it. Because you might be scared. I'm sorry. I'm just talking shit. Everyone's going to be like, he has no idea. Like, did he even watch the movie? I don't think he watched the movie. (laughs) You watched the cannibal version. Um, Sam seal of approval, though. We know. Yeah. You give a Sam seal this was a great movie. This was a great um, scary movie. It was good. It was good. <laughs> it was a good movie. I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about the fact that you just gave this movie a seven. <laughs> uh, like, like you get you rated this higher than Carrie. And Carrie, like, like stuck with you. It did. Yeah. What did I give High Life? Yeah. What did I give Carrie High stuck Life? stuck with you. High, higher, low, lower, High Life. You give High Life an eight. See, so, and that was the same this. thing because High Life was all about like emotional trauma. I guess it did also have some more like and shock in it. And, but yeah, you do get pretty emotional about your food. Have you ever seen me hangry? <laughs> that's the real monster you got to look out that's, for. That is true. That's that's the person that'll get burned down. And I lied, Carrie. You gave an eight too. So I guess you See? giving this a seven See? is fitting for for Sam. Okay, I don't agree with you, but I'm gonna let you keep. Thank it. you. Thank you. I thought there was some <sighs> tense moments. I thought there were some 11th moments. <sighs> Chris, that was terrible. <laughs> that was a bad joke. Uh, I'm just trying to take people's mind off the fact that you gave this a seven. Okay. Um, shall we talk about what we're going to watch next yes. week? Yes, we should. Okay. Hey, if you're enjoying Scary Movie Fright Night, hit pause real quick. Rate, review, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And now, back to the episode. So... So I write little things that I want to say that I think are funny. Most of the time, the things that I say that are hilarious aren't written down. But I had made a note here of now we're getting back to something really scary. But then you gave this a seven and it messed up everything I had to say. So we're going to get back to a real horror movie uh, and break away from the comedy. Okay. Uh, so circling back to a theme that we saw back in season one, you know, because you got to repeat a theme every once in a while. I can't just be coming up with something, something new every week. Uh, so same theme as when we watched M3 again, uh, this week, we're going to go back to sci-fi horror. Ooh, okay. Sci-fi. Great. These movies will be interesting. Um, it's a good mix of three completely different movies. I guess two of which have a little bit of a similarity. The third one is completely out of left field compared to the other two. Um, so yeah. So do you want to hear what the first one's about? Yes. Okay. Well, the first movie. Uh, goes like this. In a world where sound attracts lethal predators, a family navigates their lives in near-total silence. Forced to communicate through sign language and tread cautiously, they live in constant fear. Don't point. Don't point at me. Live in constant fear of mysterious creatures that hunt by sound. As the family struggles to survive in the post-apocalyptic world, the burden of silence becomes formidable adversary. Every creak, every rustle could mean the difference between life and death. Family's fate takes a harrowing turn when they discover a way to fight back against the merciless creatures. But the risks they take could shatter the delicate balance between survival and sacrifice. You can't tell me you know this movie. You probably do know this movie. I got to pick a movie. No, it's okay. No one's ever heard of it. No, it's okay. It's okay that I'm... They don't all have to be 
total surprises. Okay, but I think okay. this one has Mary Poppins in it and Jim from The Office. I don't know who either of those people What? Are. Yes, you do. <laughs> For a second, I was like, seriously? Uh, so, so I'm not going to tell you anything. Right. It could be. It could not be. But... Okay. Uh, I don't know even know who Mary Poppins is, uh, except for the real Mary Poppins, who's the original Mary Poppins. But oh. um, if it were said movie that I don't actually know what you're talking about, um, have you seen it? No, but I've actually been I've actually kind of been wanting to see this movie. <laughs> okay, oh. I want to hear the other okay. two, but but I but but but, but I um, well I have this fascination with, and I can't I don't know sign language, but I love watching mm-hmm. people sign like i love mm-hmm. the show on netflix deaf you which is 100 percent signed um okay. i don't know if this movie actually uses american sign language or if they just have, use i don't language. remember if he uses asl or not but mm. i would love to see that well i would love to read you the next okay one. let's hear the next one <laughs> okay the second one A mysterious phenomenon has appeared on Earth, expanding its boundaries and distorting everything in its path. After the disappearance of previous expeditions into its enigmatic zone, a biologist joins a team of scientists on a daring mission to uncover the truth. As they venture deeper inside, the laws of nature warp, and the team encounters mutilated landscapes and bizarre creatures. Each member grapples with their own fears and desires, all while unraveling the cryptic mystery at the heart of this ever-expanding and unpredictable realm. Oh my gosh, I think I've seen this one. Hey, listen. Why are you whispering? I don't Because I don't know why I'm whispering, but this one, okay, you can't, you can't, there's no way that you can know all the movies that I've ever seen, so you can't beat yourself up over this, yeah. okay? But Which is really funny because you haven't seen of movies. any yeah. movies, but somehow I picked the ones you've seen. It's okay, if this is one that I that and I don't even remember the title of it, but as you were um, mm-hmm. as you were reading the synopsis, I was like, oh yeah, I think I've seen this one. And if it is that one, it was it was pretty freaky. It freaked me hmm. out. Let's yeah. get through the third synopsis, and then you can tell me the titles, and I will let you know if I've seen that movie and what well, I remember. You have about to pick it. one, and then I'll tell you. Yeah, the yeah, titles. But, yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, okay. okay. This third one, I'm pretty sure you have not seen. I don't know why, but I just don't think this is a movie that you would have figured out to watch um, necessarily. Okay, here we go. Cecilia, desperate to escape from her controlling and abusive relationship, manages a daring late-night escape from her wealthy and brilliant scientist ex-boyfriend. However, her newfound freedom turns into a nightmare when she suspects that Adrian has found a way to become invisible and is tormenting her without being seen. As she grapples with the unseen terror, her sanity is questioned, and she must convince others of the unimaginable threat she faces. With every unexplained occurrence, Cecilia is thrust into a psychological and physical battle against an adversary who can strike from the shadows. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're like, I'm so emotionally exhausted. Listen. Have you seen that one too? As much okay. as I love attention and would love to be watched constantly by somebody who is invisible, <laughs> that yeah. one, oh, it gives me the ick. I think it's because it's a relationship situation and it's toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's a bad relationship. Yeah, and you're, you're yeah, we don't like that. that. Well, and re- it, it really, yeah. like you and I have a toxic friendship. Yeah. What? <laughs> you have a toxic friendship? 
No, it was just oh, Joe. okay. I said, I said you, you and I have a talk. Oh, I don't think, I don't think we do. But sometimes I do no, like to make myself invisible and stalk you. Mm, mm, no, makes sense. I don't do that. That makes keeps me out. That sense. keeps me big. <laughs> That's so scary. What was it? That was like that was like the the one time that you were like, I'm oh, gonna. I say, it was like it was like I'm gonna creep into your yeah. bedroom tonight and make it more yeah. joyous or something. And I was like, no, no. Shelly's yeah, not well, but if you were invisible then that makes more sense yeah, yeah yeah um i can't even think of one positive spin for that one i mean ugh, no i don't uh well well uh what you don't see can't hurt you nope um if you want some nope i nope that, that's not pretty hard spin. yeah that one There's eliminated no um Oh, you're 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 eliminating it just because you can't put a positive spin on it. Yeah. What happened? We just started this season, and you said I'm gonna embrace. I'm gonna embrace I it. I did. I'm embracing the self scare this season. You're like four episodes later. You're like I'm over it. I only want comedies that scare the crap out of me. I want you to make me chuckle and leave me with a seven. Oh uh, well, that one. It just it doesn't feel. Uh, it just. I just imagine this chick like running around with some invisible dude chasing her. It just doesn't. I, what is what is that? What is there? There's nothing there. There's nothing I grab onto. Oh, there's some stuff there. Uh, uh, you know what I think I'm going to start doing? This is I'm, I'm digressing, yeah. but I don't know that I'm going to start doing this. But I had an idea because uh, for those that don't remember, I, I'm using our friend ChatGPT to help me generate these uh, synopses nice. so that they're all pretty consistent, two paragraphs, and you know, like like it's doing uh, a good job. Just enough. Um, yeah. Um, I, right now, I just log into the same thing and I say, do the same, but for yeah. this movie. Um, but I was thinking about maybe re, rejiggering it to say, tell me a brief whatever synopsis about this movie, but make it sound more joyous <gasps> so that it takes oh, a movie that's and gives a joyous twist to it. I might do I that. Mean, I mean, that's do that. what we're Let's trying see. to do. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, but it's kind of it's yeah. hard. Just let let AI do yeah. it. Because it would be pretty funny if you were given like only tidbits of what it was really yeah. about and then had to be like that was not at all what well, you read. Have you seen examples? Mm. I love when people do this. Where they do the opposite. They take a fun upbeat movie, like a family-friendly movie, but they then they give I'll have to go find an example that we can share on Instagram. Yeah. But then they put scary movie scary music behind it and they like narrate it like oh dun, dun, yeah this and then make it like, yeah make it seem yeah. like it's scary um i'll find one that we can share okay okay let's come back to our two remaining options so i yeah. i um the second I one pick, go ahead. i think i think we just gotta go with the first one i'm so sorry to be this like okay. straightforward about it but Somebody, my That's brother fine. or something. I'm honestly, I, I want you to watch that one. So I've good. heard that it's really good. I've heard that it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, if it's a quiet place, it. which I'm assuming that it is, and I, oh, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's it's called Loud no. House. <laughs> it's a movie about <laughs> loud, uh, loud people. In, okay, in a house. I wink, wink. Up. Okay, well, I heard they came out with a Loud House <laughs> two because Loud House one did so well. Um, no, that's a quiet place. You're thinking. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, Quiet Place. Uh, yeah. Just John Krasinski. I just heard his wife. Yeah, John Krasinski and his wife Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt does play Mary Poppins. He plays Jim in the Office. Mm-hmm. And I just heard that it was like a really good movie. So it is. It's actually it is really good. Yeah. 
so I want to watch it. I've I've so, had it. That's been on my list. How long? When did it come out? Do you remember? Or did you? Uh, 2018. Okay, so it's been a little while. And so I've had it on my list yeah. of things that I would actually be interested in watching, despite it being a scary movie. So um, mm-hmm. I'm excited about watching that one. Now the second one. What what was it? What was the second one called? A Quiet Place Two. No, not the second. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, I was like, what are you talking a quieter about? Quieter place. Uh, the the second one um, is Annihilation with Annihilation. Uh, Hang on, let me. Natalie Portman. Yes, yes. Okay, I have seen this movie. Yeah. Zach mm-hmm. and I watched it together, and I saw it, but I do- you saw. It? I don't remember much about it. Okay, yeah. we're gonna yeah. since we're not gonna cover that on next week's episode. You got to give me two minutes now to tell you about Annihilation. Okay, so okay, well, well, it has Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson, who are both yes. in the latest Thor movie. Yes, Tessa Thompson Marvel. was in. It? I think I had forgotten that. Anyway, so I, according to what I, the read, way that we found this movie was there was some website or app or something, and for picking mm-hmm. a movie when you have a hard time picking movies, where like two people put in okay. like your ideas, like your suggestions, and then it will like auto recommend Mm -hmm. based on those suggestions. It will like auto recommend a movie. So we did that. I put my movies in. I probably put in Thor Ragnarok. Let's be honest. And then he put his movies in and then out Tessa Thompson. Thompson, And then out comes annihilation. And we're like, okay, whatever this thing recommends, we're going to watch it no matter what. We watched this movie and I was like, what the fuck did we just watch? It was so (laughs) weird. There was basically, an asteroid like hits earth and then radiates mm-hmm. radiates radiation or something and it like transforms the biology of the plants and animals right. around the area yeah. and one of the animals that gets transformed is this bear that figures out how to mimic human voices Okay, I kind of remember. And it wish I could remember more. Yeah, it's like screams, like the bear screams <laughs> the way that humans were screaming right before the bear killed them. So we started referring to the bear as Scream Bear, and Scream Bear was fucking terrifying, <laughs> terrifying. Okay, do you remember the bear in that movie, Scream no. Bear? Okay, I I I knew that I'd seen this movie, um, and I kind of remembered it. I watched the I watched the trailer again. I always watch trailers for these, even though I'd seen I've seen all three of these movies. Um, but uh, but I just couldn't remember the details. Yeah, yeah. the whole movie was a metaphor it being weird. But the whole was movie it. was a metaphor for cancer, and it weird. is which Natalie Portman gets in Thor Ragnarok Thor, Love, or and Thor Love and Thunder. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was yeah. freaky. Weird. It was if only we wouldn't. That now we know how Jane got the cancer. She shouldn't have gone near that. Okay, well, I'm glad that you didn't pick that. Okay, good. Um, it's true. I'm glad you didn't pick that. Anyway, we're watching A Quiet Place. Came out in 2018. As we already mentioned, directed by John Krasinski. Written by John Krasinski, as well as Brian Woods and Scott Beck, starring Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, and Millicent Simmons. IMDb gave it a 7.5 out of 10, which actually seems kind of low. Rotten Tomatoes, 96%. Audience score, 83%. Uh, which I actually thought would have been higher, too. But, I mean, great movie. Uh, or, I mean, we'll see. I've never seen it. I'm just kidding. Your house will not be a quiet place because you'll be screaming about this movie. Uh, we'll see. Well, shall we wrap it up for these ladies and gentlemen and kids and of all ages yeah. that have been listening to us talk about all the movies we're not watching? Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody, this week. I hope you enjoyed the appetizer, the main yeah. course, and the dessert. And the dessert, which was that Sam gets scared by funny stuff. <laughs>
if you ever want to scare Sam, just send him a send him a, a little satirical no, joke. You're missing the point. He won't say the point. <laughs> uh, okay. But anyway, folks at home, you know, take a break and go leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Uh, tell us how much you love us. If you don't like us, maybe just send us an Instagram message. Don't do it in a review. Um, but in the meantime, go watch A Quiet Place and then we will see you back next time. See you next time, everybody. Zach's telling me that dinner's ready, and so um, I gotta go. Okay, so two questions. What? What's on the menu, and is he gonna burn your house We're down? We're having s'mores tonight. <laughs> well, go put on your marshmallow suit, and I guess we're guessing never see you again. All right, bye, Chris. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>